Hey everybody, welcome to episode 18 of the Aquascaping Podcast. I'm your host, Jay Art. Check us out on aquascapingpodcast.com. Don't forget to subscribe and rate on iTunes. And we're now broadcasting on Stitcher Radio. I'd like to give a quick shout out to our friend Clayton out in El Paso, Texas. He sent in a picture of his Iwagumi setup. It's his first one. And let me tell you, this is miles and miles ahead of uh, my first setup for sure. It looks fantastic. So if you guys want to check it out, you can go to aquascapingpodcast.com. Check out the show notes for this episode and you'll see it there. We're getting a lot of good feedback about our last episode with Stephen Chong. A lot of you out there love that interview. It has a lot of insights and a lot of really good tips from somebody who is a fantastic scaper and also somebody who works with some of the best in the world. So if you missed that episode, make sure you go check it out. It's episode 17. You can find it on the website or on iTunes or Stitcher. I just want to share a quick story here. You know, I've been involved with aquascaping for a very short amount of time. It's been less than a year. And I just kind of dove headfirst into it and tried to learn as much as I could. And I was lucky enough to stumble on some really good resources. And one of those resources was ScapeFoo. And you know, I must have listened to each one of those episodes at least two or three times. Art Panam was just a great guy. And he made me feel like, hey, you know what? Maybe this aquascaping thing, maybe I can actually do it. And that was really important to me and had a lot of influence. And his interview with George Farmer was awesome. I listened to it over and over again and got a lot of inspiration from George and looking up his work and following him uh, all over social media and seeing what he was up to and just being super inspired by that. Well, yesterday was just one of those crazy days because I woke up and the first thing I did was talk with George Farmer. We interviewed him for the show, so I'm super excited about that. It's gonna be next week, you gotta tune in. It's gonna be great, you guys are gonna love that. And later on in the day, I got an email from Art Panam complimenting our last show. So for me so far, that was the best day in my aquascaping uh, life so far. So that was really cool. And I just wanted to share it with you guys. So yeah, tune in next week. Interview George Farmer uh, right here on the Aquascaping Podcast. Uh, You're not going to want to miss that one. You know, lately I've been driving back and forth to Boston for work. So it's been kind of crazy and and chaotic over here. And and Sean has a newborn. uh, So he's got a a new little rug rat uh, running around. Well, maybe not running around yet, but uh, maybe he's the one running around at this point. But I wanted to make sure we got a show up for you guys this week. Unfortunately, it's just me. So fans of Sean, I apologize, but he will be back soon. K-I-S-S. Keep it simple, stupid. (laughs) Words to live by and apply very much so to aquascaping. Um, Keeping it simple. Wow, that's easier said than done. And I think that's a very uh, important thing to keep in mind and to keep telling yourself because there's such a huge tendency to overcomplicate design, equipment, all, all sorts of things. I mean, this is a hobby. I mean, you could tweak things out uh, till the you know the sun blows up and we, none of us are here anymore, and you'd still have things that you can tweak because there's so many parameters and so many things that you can you can do. But the reality of it is is that you don't really need that much to create beautiful aquascapes, and it's really difficult <laughs> to keep it simple. Now, this idea applies to design 
you know, keeping it, it, it narrowed down to one type of hardscape material, you know, one type of stone, one type of driftwood, uh, keeping it narrowed down to maybe only one, two or three plants and fight that urge to just plant a whole bunch of stuff in there. You know, a lot of beauty in aquascaping comes from simplicity. And take a look at your current aquascape and be honest with yourself. Is there something in there that could maybe come out? Is there a plant that just isn't working? And, you know, maybe that honesty, you know, it's hard to admit that to ourselves sometimes, but can really help us in honing in our aquascape to look better. Now, this idea of simplicity also pertains to equipment. Do we have too much equipment? Um, are, are we buying things that are compensating for other pieces of equipment that aren't doing their job efficiently? For example, maybe a surface skimmer. Do we really need that or do we need a better filtration system or can we utilize our filtration system in a different way so that we don't need to add another piece of equipment? Case in point, ADA, I believe at the end of the day, they take their outlet pipe to their filter and raise it up so that it gets more surface agitation in the aquarium, which aerates the water and also eliminates any sort of surface scum that they might get. Again, simplicity is the key. Taking the idea of simplicity even further, I personally have two setups at the moment. One's a high-tech pressurized CO2, high lighting, uh, I love it. It's so much fun. It's a great aquascape that's continually evolving. I also have on the opposite extreme a little 10 gallon that has only the only light that it uses is a north facing window light and one filter. That's all that's in there and it's uh, pretty heavily planted. And let me tell you, the thing is healthy. It's doing really well. I don't see any signs of, of algae. There's a little bit on the glass next to the window that I just scrape off. I'm only using Flourish and Excel, and the thing is growing great. It's growing a lot slower, and the plants that are in there obviously are tailored to low-light situations, ferns and mosses and some Anubias. But I got to tell you, this is the most simple setup I think possible, and it's just as fun. So if you're out there and you think like, oh, geez, you know, I, I don't want to deal with pressurized CO2. Maybe that's too much for me. You know, this high lighting, I don't want to be trimming constantly. Um, you know, maybe there, that's an option for you. Simplifying that much that, you know, you're just doing a very low tech setup. But keep in mind, you can still make that look really, really good. All right, guys, I want to talk quickly about a new light that I got for aquascaping photography and video. It's the newer CN-160, N-E-E-W-E-R, CN-160. It's a dimmable, ultra-high-power LED. It's daylight balanced, and you're able to use it at high light or dim it all the way down to low lighting, so you can use it in a variety of different situations. It's really good for backlighting. Uh, you can even use it from the front or from above or wherever you want to use it because you can dim it and change the output setting. It work, runs on AA batteries and it actually lasts a pretty long time and it's only around $30 on Amazon. If you get a couple of these, you'll be set up really nicely. Now, just to clarify, this is an LED light for photography and video and not to grow your plants. This is just to be used in taking photographs and video. Okay, now I want to touch on a, an analogy that I came up with to help me slow down 
and sort of start to move at the pace of the aquascape. You know, we have a tendency to kind of want to, especially in the beginning, start to tweak things and fix things and make changes on a daily basis when that can actually hurt the aquascape more than help. So I've come up with this idea. Uh, you know, it helps me and help me kind of put things into perspective and maybe it'll help you as well. If this is your first time setting up an aquascape or if you're still new to the hobby, you can get stressed out when you see melting, when you first plant a new aquascape or if you see diatoms and you know you have a tendency to think that you did something wrong. But if you think of it like you're creating a new world, it kind of gives you a different perspective. And for me, it gave me more patience and it took some of that stress away. You know, at some point the earth was completely uninhabitable and it had to go through these phases before it can sustain life. And now here we are in this lush environment. And who knows how life started here? Maybe it came from a comet, bacteria flying through space and it crashed into the earth. And now here we are, who knows? but it's very similar when you're setting up a new aquascape. You start with an uninhabitable place with just a glass box, and then you put in elements that will sustain life. And you introduce life, you take plants basically from another world, and then you plant it into your new world. And it has to adapt before it can thrive. And in order to do that, sometimes it needs to melt away. It needs to let the old life, which was used to living in a different environment, it might be close, but, you know, sometimes we underestimate the intelligence of the plants. It needs to get rid of that and then grow a brand new, you know, leaves and stems that will be perfectly suited for your environment. So think of it as a, as a positive process and not a negative process. So, you know, that helped me out because when I saw melting, when I planted my new aquascape, uh, I thought I was, oh, what am I doing wrong? Oh, no, this isn't going to work out. And all that was really happening were that the plants were just developing new growth so that they can thrive in the new environment. Same thing with diatoms. It's just a stage. Just like the earth, it goes through different stages. It had to go through all sorts of things before it became lush. And the same thing happens when we set up an aquascape. It goes through stages. One of those stages, a lot of times for most of us in the beginning, is diatoms. Now, if you could think of it in that way, in stages, at least for me, it gave me more patience and took the stress away. Because I realized I wasn't doing anything wrong to make these plants melt or for these diatoms to appear. It was just the first stage of the aquascape. All right, guys, if you want to filter the water that you use in your water changes and don't want to go through the expense of an RO system, there's something else that you can do. There's a filter cartridge called a Dalton Super Streisel Ceramic Candle Filter Cartridge. It's D-O-U-L-T-O-N. Dalton is the company. Go on Amazon. You can find it. It's about $32 or so. And you make a gravity filter with it. So you use two five-gallon buckets stacked on top of each other. The bottom bucket has the lid on it and has a hole through the center of the lid. And the bucket on top has a hole through the center of the bottom. And that's where this filter cartridge is attached to. And the water basically drips from the top bucket through the filter down to the bottom. And it takes about eight hours to filter five gallons. Now... When it comes out the other end, it's a very pure, clean water. But the biggest difference is that it retains the, the, those essential minerals in the water. You don't have to add them back in like you do with an RO system. And this is much cheaper. 
So if you want to filter that water but don't want to have the expense of the RO system or having to add in back in those minerals, you can use something like this gravity filter and build your own for relatively cheap, under $50, and you'll have a filter that will last you a very long time and will get you much cleaner water than using just tap water alone. Now, if you do it this way, it's going to take a little bit of dedication, but it's really not that big of a deal. You're just filling up the bucket a couple times a week. If you, know, if you have a 20-gallon aquascape, you need about 10 gallons, so that's only running this process two times. You need to fill up the bucket twice and then put the water into a larger container that you could pump back into your aquascape. So if you want really high-quality filtered water without going the RO route, this might be a really good option for you. All right, guys, that's it for this week's episode of the Aquascaping Podcast. Be sure to tune in next week for our interview with George Farmer. Check us out at aquascapingpodcast.com. Send in your comments or questions to aquascapingpodcast at gmail.com. Subscribe and rate on iTunes. And we're now broadcasting on Stitcher Radio. Have a good week, everybody, and we'll see you next time.